Welcome, folks, to def- I can't wait. Oh my gosh, I almost said it on podcast. I apologize. Out of practice. Bye. Holy crap. <laughs> can we keep ah. that? Can we? I, we can. <laughs> I watch. Uh, I watch Highly Questionable with Dan Levitard sometimes, and he'll start <laughs> the show when someone's talking. Like they're like, "Man, I was gonna do my hair this morning." I was like, "Man, screw that." He's like, "Welcome to Highly Questionable." And like he just starts off. <laughs> the guys are like, "You dick." <laughs> Fantastic. I love it. Well, folks. Welcome to Desperately Secret Entertainment. Uh, I am your host, Chris Peterson. I am joined with the legendary Mr. Ben Frawley. How are you, sir? What's up, Chris? What's up, people around the internet? I'm ready to dive into some entertainment. Me and Chris have been taking some uh, hiatuses, hi- hi- hiati, through the I summer. Get- <laughs> 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 hiati, the plural hi-ati. of hiatus. Hiati, uh, through the summer, and <laughs> we uh, are back, and we're ready to, to dig into mad topics, Chris. I love it. Yeah, no, it, it, I, you know, you need a break every now and then just to take a breath. Plus, it's the summer; it's nice, you know, right. get outside, do some fun activities, for God's sakes. And, uh, but yeah, entertainment's happening. You got to dive back in, and and that's what this is all about. So, folks, if this is the first time you listen to this podcast. I mean, welcome. I'm glad you're yeah. here. What yeah. we like to do is basically talk about things that are basically happening in all entertainment forms. If you're being entertained by anything at all, we will we will basically do it right here on this podcast. So each eight week, Ben and I will bring basically three to five sort of uh, topics or th- stories or whatever happening in, in, in the world, so to speak. But the kicker is I have no idea what Ben is bringing to the table and he has no idea what I'm bringing to the table. So it makes for some fun, spontaneous uh, conversations. So let's get it started, my friend. Why don't you kick things off? What do you got this week? Well, you know, Chris, we've been away for a while. Uh, let's talk about the state of sports in America. Please. Uh, yeah. So America seems like it's its own kind of entity when it comes to sports. Soccer's going on across Europe. Rugby's going on across Australia and New Zealand. Um, but America just can't seem to get it going. Uh, you know, baseball is really one of the first sports to, to start their season. I know the NBA was bubbled up before then. Um, but by the all accounts, NBA seems to have it right. Uh, it seems like, you know, there was some skepticism about the Florida bubble. But it seems like they're rocking and rolling, heading towards their playoffs. Um, or they're in the playoffs now and baseball has had multiple teams out, multiple players out with COVID. Um, and I don't know, Chris, I, I, and I don't know if I said this on the pod yet, because I don't think we've talked about sports in a while. Like I really think, you know, there are certain sports of course that lend themselves to being all together in a bubble in one location. Um, but you know, just like a regional little league tournament, you know, they have like the field of dreams up here in Cooperstown where all the kids come together and play multiple games with nine diamonds back to back to back. Uh, I think it might come to that with all sports because it looks like NBA is looking pretty good right now mm. as far as no traveling. Even though they're in a hot spot of Florida, they're they're not going outside this bubble. Um, I, Chris, and, and we have football, college, and professional coming up, which just looks like a shit show. It looks like a a kind of rehash of this MLB season where they didn't really plan anything. They've all been talking about money, 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 and nothing about the player safety. Uh, I think the only thing that they've delved into as far as player safety is they have to sign a waiver and that's it. <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> no, I don't think I haven't heard the word PPE yet. Just uh, sign this waiver and get out there on that field kids. Jeez. Um, oh, yeah. It's, it's kind of brutal. I mean, I get a lot of my updates from Dan Patrick. He's on the know and all the, his guests, the, you know, his doctors that are the head of the NCAA and stuff. And, and it seems like NCAA is kind of like our country right now. And there is no commissioner or leader. That's just saying, these are the rules. Everyone just wear a mask and do this. Every single division in NCAA, whether it be ACC, uh, big 10, PAC 10, wherever these regions are, come up with their own rules and their own restrictions. So this one region might be totally lax that you're traveling to. <laughs> and then underneath those subdivisions, each college has their own divisions that aren't ruled really by the NCAA. So there is no head leader. Chris, just maybe, and then like Dan Patrick, he says, you know, he's like, oh, I hate to be the Debbie Downer. <laughs> I hate to be like the naysayer. And maybe I'm wrong. Maybe September rolls around, we're all good. But I don't mm-hmm. know, Chris, what are your thoughts, dude? I mean, I'm, I don't, I don't, I don't see how this is going to work. I honestly don't. I mean, 
you know, baseball and football and hockey and basketball are all trying to be very optimistic about being able to play and compete under these conditions. It's just not possible. It really is. And you hear about what happened with the uh, Miami Marlins or over, what was it? 16 players came down with COVID. Um, I mean, thankfully with the NBA, because they're, they're kind of enclosed in their own bubble. um, Basically there's a controversy where like one of their players may or may not have, you know, escaped the bubble and, you know, tried to go to like a Atlanta strip club or something like that. He's basically been been like suspended by the league. So they're like, they're treating it like that serious where it's like, if you leave, you're done, so to speak. Um, You know, I just don't understand why team sports is being rushed back. Uh, I I was fine. I'm, uh, you know, me, I know you, we're both hardcore sports fans. Nobody loves the Boston Red Sox more than you and I do. And right. yet I was a hundred percent okay with not seeing a single Sox game until 2021. I'm fine with it. I don't need, plus they suck right now, but I don't right. need, yeah, you're right. <laughs> I really, I really don't need to see them uh, right now. And, uh, you know, I'm, it's, it's interesting. The, the, the sports that are working well are the individualized ones. Golf, for instance, oh. is doing fine. Um, they had one player, one player come down with COVID early on in the in the relaunching reopening phase but they've been fine uh going forward so i am you know it's it's just the the team aspect and then you think about the the hardcore physical contact between players especially with football i mean that's just a nightmare scenario i think for any medical professional to even think about um i just don't i don't see it um i i, I don't understand um uh, you know, especially when I, when I, at a high school level and, and it, it, you know, I'm seeing like coaches saying that like kids need sports and things like that. And I'm like, have we, have, have I taken crazy pills? Like, <laughs> you know, these kids aren't even getting paid for this stuff and we're trying to rush it back. And right. um, so things like college football, I'm a huge college football fan. I love Notre Dame. They screwed up this week, Ben. I don't know if you saw that, but they like their president was so like over the top positive that they were going to be fine that he put an op-ed in the new york times like boasting about like how this is going to be good for their students and then a week later they shut down because of a covid outbreak at south bend so this is an issue and i don't again i think people you know these commissioners these owners i mean whoever's in charge of making the decisions to rush back team sports are not really considering the dangers of, of this pandemic and this virus and and really how this all needs to be shut down until we have a vaccine. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's no other option, a vaccine or testing that you can just test and get back. And, you know, I I hear positive things that there's a test, a saliva test that's coming out. That's going to be a quick turnaround and, you know, vaccines coming out in other countries, but, uh, but still like until that day happens, I, I just don't see it. And like you said, Chris, football is a different monster. Well, on my YouTubing segment, you know, I, I've been getting into frisbee golf personally because it's just a fun outdoor activity. There's no people around and it's like golf. Like you're just by yourself. Like Mm -hmm. there might be a guy a hole ahead of you, but that's like 500 feet that way. You know what I mean? So you're definitely socially distancing outside and it's just a, it's a great thing to have. And they're booming. They're, they're posting new videos on YouTube like every day new for like frisbee golf like kind of tournaments and stuff disc golf that's what they call it and it's just great great to watch it's a lot of fun and just like golf i'm watching a ton of golf because you know what it's because you're watching these players they feel comfortable they know they're safe because it's that kind of sport now football how many players are how many people are on each side of the field like upwards of 100 during a professional game yep there it's are it's be. a 50 53 man roster that dresses well, for a game and not including trainers coaches Guys running the water. I mean, there's at least a hundred on each side. A hundred percent right. Yep. Yeah. I mean, at least. And and like, it. I just can't see it unless like unless it's like arena football where they just have the players and then no no one else like everyone else is sequestered here and here. I, I just don't see how this is going to work at all. And then yeah. Chris, you're totally right about the 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 physical contact aspect. Like, because I can compete against you in golf and never even see you that day. <laughs> like you could be mm-hmm. in second place and are you done with your round? And here I come, I'm going to compete against your score. That's the kind of like sport it is. And you know, it might not be as exciting as football, but I believe all these commissioners, all these 
college presidents, everyone. This is all money driven. Mm-hmm. Oh, 100%. this is. And, you know, all of a sudden, you know, hopefully this this thing does bring out something like the players asking for their rights to be safe. And maybe this will turn into players start asking for financial um, backing and all those things. Maybe this is, will be a good thing, actually, in the long run. So people will start kind of coming around and saying, hey, these players aren't, you know, there's not fodder, cannon fodder to shoot out into like the field for like commissioners to make money off of and stuff. So mm-hmm. I don't know, Chris. That's the state of the world right now, and but here we go. Like ACC is ready to rock, and Syracuse is in the ACC, and here comes a bunch of people from the ACC from Alabama coming up to my New York State that are infected. So I can't wait. Oh, it's gonna be awesome. <laughs> yeah, it, it's just it's it's frightening to think about. And again, you mentioned it before. These kids aren't getting paid. Yes, yeah. they're getting scholarships to go to school, but you know. At the very least, if someone, if if an NFL player, like let's say a high-profile NFL player, gets sick with COVID, at least they kind of can afford to not do anything for 14 days or whatever, or have the money or resources to recover swiftly. College kids don't have that ability, especially some of these college kids that do come from low-income situations, and that scholarship is what they're relying on to get to the next level. So it's just not worth the risk. And Thankfully, schools like UConn have said, you know what, we're not going to do football this year. Now, granted, UConn's football team sucks anyway, so yeah. it's not really, it's not going to hurt their bottom line necessarily. But um, still, it's it was the right decision uh, to make, and it's just it's mind boggling that colleges are rushing back so so quickly. When really, if we look at the numbers, there really hasn't been you know this this dramatic improvement of situations or technology that is going to protect. Students. I mean, basically, what we assumed would protect someone from the spread of COVID um, was what we knew back last March. You know, it's not. There's not like this new mask or new technology that's like this is this is what you need to do now. This new method. What we were doing before was is what we're doing now. And so uh, it just is ridiculous. And and Ben, you know, we're seeing kind of the same thing happen in in the theater industry where yep. you've got these reckless. Uh, local theaters uh, and and regional professional theaters that are throwing caution to the wind and deciding to basically you know open on their own, still use different safety protocols, but they're missing certain things. And we saw an outbreak happen after a community theater production of Mama Mia in I Nebraska. Say, I was just going to ask you what was that article you shared? Okay, or oh it was my the god, the stage article. Yeah, it was right, the right. stage article because. You know, one, you know, and this theater swore they were taking all the precautions necessary, but one person got sick that no one was socially distancing themselves or protecting themselves while they were on stage performing. So you've got people singing into each other's faces, constantly touching each other during choreography. It is like there's a video of like one of the rehearsals leading up to the show and you just see how much contact is between these cast members. And you're just thinking to myself, how did COVID not get spread quicker? amongst this cast how did not every single person in the cast get it but 24 of a 38 person cast had has now tested positive for covid is a nightmare situation you're talking about a county in nebraska by the way that has had had only about 154 cases of covid up till that point so they had been doing a pretty good job up until this point and now because of this you're looking at a whole another serious issue and that's that's what i'm afraid of when we start you know, putting all these professional athletes and Ben, like you said before, when in a football game, yes, there's 53 guys, teams, members on either side of the field. So that's a hundred people right there. Right. And you mentioned trainers, coaches, staff members, crew, officials. There's probably no short of probably 200 to 300 people on that football field uh, during a game. That is a, if one of them is sick, good Lord. Um, I, I, I just can't imagine. So I don't get it. I don't get the need to rush back to normalcy. This has become the new normal and I'm okay with it. I think a lot of people just need to accept that and, and stop being so greedy. You know what I'm saying? Jeez. Yeah. Right. And, 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 you know, one you brought up UConn, I brought up Syracuse. I mean, one thing that we can start doing, maybe a solution is to bring back more regional sports, you know, go back to the times when we couldn't fly on planes and go down to like Florida, you know, Boston to Florida and Florida to Boston, all these like crazy sports moving. How about we just have bring back the big East, maybe, <laughs> you know right. what I mean? Teams that are regional, maybe the football, we actually just do division like play. Like it's jets, it's, you know, Buffalo bills, it's New York giants, like all the teams up here, all the Pennsylvania teams, they just play up here. Then all the South teams play down there. And it's like, 
why don't we just keep all the regions together? Like instead of traveling across country, maybe we just jump a couple states. You know what I mean? Right. I, I maybe that's where it's going again because I I think we were spoiled for so long. You know how we could just travel. You know, Boston play the Dodgers tonight, and then they're traveling tomorrow all the way back to L.A. or or Boston. I think we we got spoiled and like, it, but it doesn't need to be that way. It's just right. You know, like imagine if we have regional sports, like regional NFL. The the East plays the East, Central. West, South, you know, and Midwest, right? Let's let's say we have like five, four divisions. Then at the end, we have a Super Bowl where just two teams come and play each other. Like, and that's it. That's that's the only travel that happens in the whole season. So I, I haven't heard any plans from the NFL. They're just going ahead like nothing's wrong in the world, and they're just going ahead. I, and I that's actually, I'm so glad you brought that up because that actually is a segue into my first thing, which was Boom. what is the NFL doing? Ben, do you watch Hard Knocks on HBO? Have you ever seen that show? Of course. Yeah. I, I mean, a, uh, do they have it going now? They do. <laughs> so oh, I don't, I didn't know that. So this season they decided to do the two LA teams. So they're actually doing two teams at the same time. They're doing the chargers and the Rams that are both based in Los Angeles. And the first episode is just glaring to watch. Cause you are watching what an NFL camp looks like in COVID conditions. And oh. my God, uh, it is unlike anything you've ever seen. First and foremost, and, and because of that, what's what's happened is it's led to my, me being concerned and a lot of people being concerned about player safety beyond COVID, about we're talking about just injuries in general because of the new regulations that are coming out. For instance, uh, Ben, uh, all NFL teams are not allowed to do any um, hitting contact drills until the third week of training camp. So training camp opened two weeks ago. They are, prob- they are just now being able to actually hit each other uh, in practice. Um, Also, there are no preseason games this year. They're just going to launch directly into the season. Now, for those of you out there who are not scientific minds or have never played football, uh, the preseason process, as well as contact drills in uh, practice, are so, so important for football players because it actually conditions the body to be able to take on that right. that impact and things like that. And if the body is not ready for that, um, then you are looking at a significant amount um, of injuries. And so I am, I am, not, I, let me put it this way. I am not attaching myself this year to any one player, so to speak, because I am fully expecting to see a mass amount of injuries. My fantasy team is going to be just ravaged <laughs> left and right. Yeah. But um, yeah. it is, it's definitely concerning when you think about it. Have you, what do you think about that? Uh, well, I just, I just think it's, it's not going to happen. I, I think I'm in one fantasy league. Uh, I think we're going to draft in a little bit, but all of us are kind of going back and forth during. And this is our go. This is my go-to league that I've been in for a while now, and it's just like, mm. I, I just don't even think it's going to happen. I'm playing fantasy baseball right now, and that's a, that's a shit show in itself. Just, <laughs> oh, you know, what I mean, because you know, fantasy baseball, just, you know, how many, you have to switch uh, pitchers out all the time and stuff, and one of your starters goes down, you're screwed, just like a real baseball team. So. Um, I don't know, Chris, it's <laughs> like, I do miss, I, I miss fantasy sports. Don't get me wrong. But I was like, when we were drafting, I was like, Hey, if this doesn't go off, can we just do like a random gen, like number generator? Like we roll a 20 sided die and then we just get stats and then that's our season or something. <laughs> mm. It's not worth yeah. it. It's not worth it. No, it's not. And you know, it, it's just, I, I, I'm looking at this and it's just, it doesn't seem fun at all uh, just to watch this and, and who knows what, what football is going to look like, but yeah, no, I, I am not preparing myself for a full season at all. I think we're going to, we're going to see the second wave of this hit um, and that's going to end the season you know pretty early, which is just going to suck for everybody. But what are you going to do? Um, what else yeah. you got, sir? All right, sir. Let's, let's, Let's get out of this this dark dungeon that we're in. Yeah, okay? please. <laughs> Let's talk about some. There's actual new content coming out, and it's stuff that was filmed pre-COVID. They they were mm. sitting there editing this whole time, and there's some good stuff. I want to talk about two things that were on HBO recently, um, because HBO seems to just be knocking it out of the park for me. I, I just oh my god, they're in my brain, yeah. and they're mm-hmm. just delivering the the goods right now. Um, now when this content runs out, we're gonna be it's gonna be very scary, but. Um, Talk about two different things. First one, I want to talk about American Pickle with Seth Seth Rogen. Mm-hmm. Um, did you see that movie? No, it's in my queue. Um, I okay. saw the trailer. It looks really interesting. So it's I'm interesting. looking forward to it. Yeah, okay. It's interesting. Uh, it's watchable. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm curious to see. You know, so I watched it. I thought it was a very – it's a very small picture. Don't get me wrong. 
don't go in thinking it's like some grandiose, you know, two and a half hour Judd Apatow picture where they're going to like sing Age of Aquarius at the end or something like that. It's definitely like a smaller picture. Um, I thought that Seth Rogen was fabulous in it. Um, I thought he was great. It's probably one of his best performances. And let me let me let me put this out there. I think it's one of the most subtle and subtly delivered Seth Rogen performance. Now, bear with me for a second. I, I think, you know, we're in this age now where comedies have to be like shocking or like, you know, uh, you, uh, subvert your expectations or something like that. Who's who's the who's the shitty guy that ruined Star Wars? Like Last Jedi shit. You, you got to like, you know, just, <laughs> oh, you know, you thought that Luke was a good guy, but now he's a bad guy and he's going to kill a kid. Like all this weird stuff. Like I hate when like, especially when comedies do this, when they have premises like premises that are going through the movie and then all of a sudden they'll have a joke that makes fun of the whole movie or breaks the fourth wall or, you know, does something and it just kind of takes away any kind of sentimentality that you have going on into the movie. Hmm. I thought this was a very sentimental movie and it didn't really play for like the big laughs. There wasn't like a lot of like dick jokes going on or anything like that. I thought this was, there was some jokes that were kind of subtle. They were kind of funny um, and heartfelt. I, I, I thought it was okay. I, I, I don't want to say it's like a must see. You got to go see it, but I thought his he made some really interesting choices that were not Seth Rogeny. Okay, if that makes sense. So interesting. Um, yeah, that was a recommendation. And then my second HBO, um, my second HBO, which is a high, high, high recommendation, and I, and this is the one I really wanted to talk about was um, my God, Lovecraft Country. Mm. Now, this is produced by um, Jordan Peele, J.J. Abrams. Um, the cast is out of control. The theme is out of control. It is just great fun. I, I knew I was going to like it just from the content, just from the trailer, but I didn't know I was going to like it this much. Nice. I, I thought from start to finish it was intriguing. It was great. Um, I just love this avenue that, that HBO is going down with their original content where we're having more diversity in the shows. So we're seeing more stories that we haven't seen on screen. It's like, I hate when like, you know, for years, for years, like for, I don't know, Chris, for like the first 30 years of our lives, anytime there was any kind of ethnicity in an actor on the screen, it was like someone playing Malcolm X. It was someone mm. playing like mm -hmm. uh, 12 years a slave or like, you know, like all, it was all like, you know, we got to uprise and overcome and all very and racial like, centric uh, characters. Yeah, you got it. Yeah. Right. Thank you. And it was just, and it was like the same story over and over again. And we're finally getting some cultural diversity in our actors in our casting in our stories that we can actually just see people, be people and just be themselves and like actually play parts. It doesn't matter if they're black or they're white or they're Asian, they can just play anything you like. You need a, a female lead. Just get any female. It doesn't matter. Oh, does she have to be white? No, just get a female <laughs> or just get a male or just get anyone. And so watching this show, I there's things in it that I, thought was just refreshing because it's it's just something I haven't seen on screen. And then there's just some awesome stuff that they call back to. I don't want to spoil anything. Chris, did you check this out yet? I you know it's funny, I haven't yet again, it's in my queue to uh to watch it. It's on a high priority. I was kind of waiting for the right endorsement of yeah. it and you just did it there. Oh, so yeah, um, I, this is a yeah. slam dunk and I can't wait to talk to you about week two because uh, there's, it's not out yet, but there was a cliffhanger on week one and me and Katie looked at each other and we we're like, Oh my God, we're all in. <laughs> like, we were just like, this is our jam, like crazy. Um, but Chris, all right, let me get the follow Chris. So those are two things that, you know, that are good properties. I thought I, I was entertained. I'm sitting here. There's no new content coming out. A uh, couple questions for you. So mm -hmm. how is, I know that this is probably like, I'll answer this first question. Like, you know, this is probably the end of their content coming up because they filmed all this stuff, like, you know, right before shutdown and stuff. But how is HBO? Why is HBO so on the money? What What's going on over there? It's a good question. You know, I think, I think for them, it's always been about uh, quality, not quantity. If mm. that makes sense. I mean, Netflix yeah. Is greenlighting everything. I mean, you and I probably could get something green from Netflix. If we, really, <laughs> if we really put our heads together, we could probably do it. Um, because it's just the, the demand, their model, 
so to speak, of just throwing everything out there at once. And basically, you know, you can consume uh, an entire season of television on Netflix over a weekend. I mean, it's, it's, it's possible. HBO has stuck to their guns about doing the, no, no, we're going to release it once a week. Like you, you will get a new episode every Sunday for 13 weeks or something like that. And I think because they've done that, they can then be a lot more picky and choosy about the projects that are, are pitched to them. And because of that, um, we're getting some good stuff. I also think that they, I think in a way, and I've heard this, I, I've read this, I've heard this, um, that they truly value relationships with people that have delivered for them in the past. So the Damian Lindelofs, the, um, you know, the, uh, um, gosh, his name's escaping me, the guy who did The Wire, uh, who's right, had multiple right. shows on there. Uh, Simon. Simon, thank you. Um, so it, it, it's it's not surprising that when these folks come up with good shit, um, HBO's all about it and, and things like that. Very rarely do you see them, you know, pass on some really good things. But I think it's it's that it's the quality over quantity, and then they're not they're not going to just rush out and post stuff. They can keep to this formula of releasing things one at a time, and I think that leads to better better quality. Yeah, totally. I, I just. I think they're on the mark. I mean, I just watched Perry Mason, which was a good show. It ended okay. Yeah. Uh, and twenty, I, I, um, I was gonna, I was gonna talk about that today too. So I'm glad oh, you brought that up. But yeah, go excellent. ahead. Excellent. But uh, just to recap all this, in that show, say what you will about the show, but you have these reoccurring actors like Stephen Root. You know what I mean? That flow through all these character actors that flow through other series on HBO. You know what I mean? So they have a, not only do they have a bullpen of creators and writers, they have a bullpen of character actors that are awesome. <laughs> so I just I just love that. I love their style, and, and I I, yeah. I guess I've always been a, a fan of HBO. Like from way back when they were just showing Karate Kid eighteen times a day, and I was watching it when I was six, <laughs> uh, all the way up till now. So I, I think they've made that transition to they were home box office. They would just show you movies that are new releases, and when that started kind of not being a thing. Because people started getting their content from Netflix or renting on Redbox or whatever it was, I think they transitioned to a premier streaming service, and I, they came out with this HBO Max and HBO Go and HBO On Demand. So there's multiple. Ad, they need to hone that, in, and uh, I don't know what's going on with that. Their whole app delivery. So hopefully they get that right, so we can see, keep seeing good content. So there you go, Chris. Yeah, no, I I love it, and and you brought up Prey Mason, so let's talk about that because that was my yeah. next. Subject. Yeah. I had definitely had that online uh, and a couple other properties I want to talk about too. But um, yeah, I found Perry Mason interesting. I loved the tone of it. I loved, I, I for some reason, like 1920s Hollywood, just, just, I love it. I, I'm I, I all think, in. I'm all you in. know, yeah. Anything that's set in that time, I'm give, give me, give me, give me. Um, I, I love it. So uh, that I had no issue with. I, I felt the problem with the show though, and maybe they'll address this in season two, maybe they won't, is, it, the pacing of it, I found incredibly slow um, to mm. the point where I was like, let's go. Let Like, you know, there was like one episode where I actually, after the episode was over, I sat back and I was like, did anything happen during this episode? <laughs> did it advance the story um, at all? I felt it kind of went off a little bit in too many tangents, concentrating on characters that I really didn't care about uh, at all. Um, like the whole Sister Mary Alice thing, I was, the Sister Alice thing, I was like, I don't need to yeah. know her backstory. I, I don't care. Yeah, <laughs> and that and and I. All right, spoil. Let's throw up the spoiler alert. Let's throw up the spoiler alert. Let's do it. Yeah. Did that really pan out at all? No. <laughs> Did that even matter to, at at the end of the day? Like, it's not like Perry uncovered this sinister cult that was this like crazy like you know they're really satanists and they're killing babies or something i was like because that's the way they were leading us you know what i mean right, like right. they were this like crazy like they would just take children like her and use her for fodder here and there and then like exploit them and we're like oh just like they exploit that baby and for 100 grand and i'm like oh shit here we are and it never really panned out mm -hmm. and and it's and and in the last episode they had that kind of dream sequence where Perry Mason's interrogating the cop and it's like, I got you, you know, he got, I got you on the stand. And then like the, the real, the, in real life, they're like, Perry, you're, you're never going to corner him on the stand. It's never going to work out. And I'm like, all right, there's, that's that kind of shit. That's subverting expectations kind of thing. It's like, I want to see Perry Mason wail on a dirty cop on the stand. Like mm -hmm. I signed up for this show. That's a full season. 
I know it's not law and order, but I still kind of want to see Sam Watterson like go nuts and just, you know, like wail on a guy on the stand or something like that. I want to see these things. And I don't know. It didn't deliver. I, it, it definitely left me with like a weird feeling. And, and maybe that was the goal because they didn't get the bad guy in the end. They, they just kind of, I don't know. It was weird, Chris. It was weird. It's a weird show. Um, good performances. I thought the oh. woman that played the mom of the yeah. baby was great. I mean, if she doesn't get an Emmy nod next year, I don't know what. I don't. I, I just don't know. Yeah, great um, performances. Great, great performance by her. Yeah, all great casting. Great everything. Loved. Everyone. I just don't know. I mean, with with a with a character like Perry Mason, which you know is so associated with that weekly serial that that was so good. Um, I don't know if the formula of concentrating on one case per season is really going to be good because I mean with these HBO series typically you only get about five years five seasons of these things and right. so it's like is that going to be satisfactory enough you know so to speak I mean whether you know maybe doing two seasons two cases a season or something like that I just don't know if stretching something out that long uh, is going to be really appealable who knows who knows yeah but, and, and and also building building the plane while we're flying it like not starting off with Perry Mason being a lawyer was an interesting choice. That wasn't until like episode nine. You know, it was like, <laughs> oh, he's a lawyer. Like, waiting for that to happen. I thought he was going to go to law school. I thought we were going to watch him hit the books. <laughs> and I was like, oh, that's going to be interesting. Like the study so, hall. TVL Perry Mason and, uh... goes to study hall. In episode nine. Like I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> it was so weird. And like <laughs> they had stuff like, all right, Chris. A hyper contrast would be this new Lovecraft country compared to Perry Mason. It's like you're on a runaway freight train with Denzel Washington on fire, like speeding down the like the tracks. I mean, wait till you get to like minute 15. You're like, wait, what the hell is going on? Like, so buckle up. Like if you're used to Perry Mason, like, all right, I'm going to maybe make out with my, I don't know, with my little senorita woman that's gonna buy my parents farm <laughs> or something whatever that storyline was too mm-hmm. like for like two episodes wait till you see lovecraft country you're gonna be like oh my god thank god <laughs> you're gonna dive right into that pool <laughs> can't wait can't wait ben the other show i wanted to bring up real quick to you uh as well was harley quinn have you seen this yet no. uh what do you mean like the birds of prey no, no. So there is an there is an animated TV show called oh. Harley Quinn that HBO Max now has on their platform. It what? is fantastic. No way. I swear to God. So this series came out last year. It's it first aired on DC's exclusive streaming network that they had uh, going on like DC Universe or something like that. But HBO basically bought it out, and now they're going to put it on. Uh, HBO Max, but they put the two. There's only two seasons of it so far, and they put both of them on HBO Max. Ben, I have to be honest with you. It is rare that I laugh out loud that yeah. much during an animated show, but this is an R-rated animated TV show. F bombs left and right, graphic violence. Um, <laughs> it is it is everything that you want, and oh also God. out the of the cast. Uh, I'm looking the, at the cast right the, now. The voice cast is. Unbelievable. I mean, Holy uh, Kelly Cuoco from the Big Bang Theory isn't she plays Harley Quinn, but um, you know, oh you've God. got Jason Alexander, JB Smoove. What the hell is good? Christopher Maloney? Christopher Maloney, and you, you know, here's the deal you're getting like wet hot American summer Christopher Maloney in this. Like, you're getting <laughs> you're getting a guy that knows a funny line and how to read it, Christopher Maloney, who I absolutely adore. So, um and Alan Tudyuk, who does both the Joker and Clayface, is if he doesn't win an award for voice acting for this, I I, I don't know, I don't know if if an award should even exist at that point because I mean he is he takes this character of Clayface, which you and I know from Batman lore, yeah, right. but he completely reinvents the character. Like in his head, he's like, you know what, Clayface is an actor, so instead of making him this like stuntman gruff guy, why don't I turn him into a thespian? a la like John Lovett's SNL where he's like the thespian guy um, or like Ian McKellen. It is freaking off the wall. Hilarious. The the line work in it is incredible. The dialogue, the visuals. It's also, I mean, to use this word, it's a very woke series as well. So you get some oh. interesting spins on characters and storylines, which I think is kind of refreshing in a way but without being too heavy handed. Um, 
but it's it's unbelievable. So I've I it's very rare that I'm like telling folks, you know, let's go watch a cartoon show, but it is it's an R-rated, you know, um, you know, animated series. It's unbelievable. That's all. Oh, I'm gonna go check that out. We definitely Katie will love it too. So yeah? everybody, all right, cool. My wife, my wife loves it. So it's it's awesome. All right. So awesome. Cool, man. Anything else you got? Uh, yeah, just a couple things at the end. So, uh, like I said before, we are, you know, we're, <laughs> you know, we ingest content at a rapid rate on this show. You know what I mean? It's our job. You know what I mean? To stay up on the trends of content so we can deliver the goods to the people out there on the internets. Mm-hmm. So. It, it's 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 slim pickings out there sometimes. <laughs> it's hard, but what uh, what Katie and I are doing? We're going through and we're watching. She loves horror movies, so I'm showing her some of my favorites back in the day. Um, one of them uh, we watched The Changeling a couple nights ago, oh. which is a great George C. Scott. Great. Yes. Uh, we met, actually did I show you that in college? Actually, you did. Scariest yeah. moment I've ever experienced watching a movie <laughs> when she when she sees the thing at the top of the stairs. Oh yeah, yeah. Good stuff. Good oh, stuff. Yeah. We watched that one, and speaking of scary moments, we watched another one called Exorcist 3. Oh, yes. Yeah, so if you haven't seen this movie, Exorcist 3, it's um, 30 years old, and um, a blood, the, the website Bloody Disgusting actually came out with a, a an article. There, It's $5 on Vudu to own forever, like 4K transfer. It looks beautiful, um, and it still has, contains one of the scariest scenes in movie history, in my opinion. Mm. Um and Brad Dourif plays the Gemini killer in it. And um, it's a great little article because it gets into how um, Father Karras, um, played by oh my, Jason Miller, um, was supposed to deliver the majority of that monologue that you see in Exodus 3. But during the filming of it, uh, you know, after being ravaged by alcoholism his whole life, he was unable to memorize. It is a beefy monologue, by the way. And it's an intense monologue filled mm-hmm. with crying and anything. If you want, like, a study in acting, and it's – Brad Dourif is one of those actors. He was in Cuckoo's Nest. He's in Lord of the Rings. He's in Exodus 3. He's in a ton he's, – he's the voice of Chucky, for Christ's sake. He's, like, kind of one of those iconic guys that kind of fly, flew under the radar. And he, like, sneakily has some of the my – Favorite performances in movie history. What does he play? Worm Tongue in uh, yep. Two Towers. Great performance. And I just, it, it, it's worth a watch and go back. It, now, it's a slow burn, slow movie, right? That's, I think, that's the one thing I would just, you just have to prep people. It's a slow movie, but if you stick with it, I think the payoff in that movie is great. So um, it's great going back and seeing some old movies. Um, so Exorcist 3 we went back and watched that one. And then, um, are you familiar? Chris, with a little movie called Walk Hard. Of course. The Dewey Cox story. Wrong so, Sunday. There's, <laughs> there's um, an article from Cinema Blend. And Chris, I don't know if you saw this article. Judd Apatow swears that the penis in Walk Hard <laughs> belongs to a famous director. Stop it. He doesn't say who the famous director is, but he swears to God it's a famous person. <laughs> that's amazing. And when and, and, and I'm not true, gonna lie, that's amazing. I'm not gonna lie. When the scene came up, I like I could identify the director. I looked really hard you at look the right. penis. <laughs> Got up really close to the screen. Yeah. Paused it. Uh, rewound. Is that you, Spielberg? <laughs> you son of a bitch. <laughs> Paul it Thomas was, Anderson, I know that penis anywhere. Oh, I know. <laughs> it's such it's such a ridiculous thing to say during an interview. But but maybe it's true. I mean, why maybe even make true. that up? And <laughs> do you think that's in Judd Apatow's will? Like, or like, you know, to be read at his funeral or something? Maybe. You know, it's funny. I, I do remember reading like when the movie came out or something like that, where they addressed that. And like I think like at the time it was either up a tire or someone else said, Oh yeah, he, he was just a it's a it's a writer for the movie, like or something yeah. he just without really saying who it was. So that could very well be true. I mean, if 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 for instance, like it's Wes Anderson or like oh. uh freaking Well, I mean he's <laughs> like, not Wes Anderson's pretty skinny. I, I don't know if it's Wes Anderson. Oh, it's, it's, a, it's a little, kind of a beefy dude, yeah. It's a beefy dude. It's a beefy dude. And I like how so I bought this movie for five bucks on Voodoo. Voodoo is the best. I got so I have this like crazy 4K transfer. So you know, 
you can really see the definition of the penis on your screen. Uh, <laughs> but they didn't have the unrated version, which is fine because I remember the unrated version is wicked. Unco- I remember there's so much nudity in that scene. That it's not good nudity. So many of our penises. Yeah, it's a lot more. And so would it be like, funny if like fine. it's like an entire class of directing like uh, you know contemporaries? <laughs> oh man! Oh my god! Wow! And so that was a great article. So that's a great people, movie, though. Holy shit! It's a great movie, and it, it, my god, that movie has aged so well because so good. The more they come out with these biopics, you know, whether it be like that Queen movie, which I didn't really care for. You know, and they're they're coming out with more music biopics, and this movie just slays them. This movie, it's like Airplane with disaster movie. Airplane just destroyed disaster movies. Don't you dare make another you know airport movie post Airplane because you'll just you're gonna be laughed out of the theaters. They ruined it. They ruined it. Just like Dewey Cox, like they just keep coming up with like these like, oh my god, and then like all you can think of like the more self important and self like aware, you know, like serious these movies are that come out about these musicians and their struggle the more you just think about machete fighting in a barn <laughs> it's just it's just uh, ridiculous so I love it. uh yeah so you know what my recommendation for this week is get back you know dig out the vhs you know rent some movies that are cheap on there because there's some great ones on there and uh, a lot of people that i talk to you know for work and coworkers, they're like oh i don't know how you keep so busy, you know, during this lockdown, it's like, there's so many movies to watch, even like movies I hadn't seen in years and they're still great and they hold up. So high recommendations, Chris, of course, for those movies. Yeah, no, absolutely. And, um, you know, you you bring up a great recommendation. Um, Ben real quick. Uh, I don't know if you saw the news, but next week on August 28th, next Friday, the first two seasons of Cobra Kai will be released on Netflix. (gasps) I was waiting for that. I wanted to see that show. Yes. So real quick, for those folks who have no idea what I'm talking about, uh, they basically did a sequel spinoff series of The Karate Kid uh, called Cobra Kai, which focuses on the Johnny character and all the crap that's happened to him since he was a teenager. Apparently losing that all-county tournament really effed with his life uh, in the worst way. And they actually spin it and flip it to where, like, Ralph Macchio's character is kind of the dick and villain of the series. So uh, because everything's going well for him, which is really interesting. Um Ben, it's fantastic. I, I mean, know. I've heard nothing but good things too. <laughs> you wouldn't, you wouldn't think that for, right. for it, but my God, it's and the fact that you know, I don't want to spoil things too much, but like they just announced that season three is going to be taking place in Okinawa, so like they're going back to where Karate no. Kid Part Two took place. No, <laughs> so, that's amazing. And they're actually gonna they're, because they got Netflix money now. They're gonna actually film in Okinawa, which I think is um, amazing. So. It, it is. It you is. You think the, they're gonna bring that actress back? Who's the actress that was the oh, Daniel the, Son's girlfriend in, in his girlfriend. Kid Part Two? I haven't seen her in anything, so maybe. Oh, that'd be amazing. <laughs> I remember I was a big fan. I was a big fan when I, I was. Sick. I saw that movie when I went to. I went to go see that movie at Cinema One Two Three Four in New Haven, Connecticut, and walked nice. out singing "The Power of Love" and wanting to uh, kick some ass. So yeah, I remember. I remember walking <laughs> out of the theater like. Like kicking the air and stuff. Chopping like, ice. I, I want to go yeah. chop ice. <laughs> yeah, I, I went into my dad's cooler and just started chopping ice in my hand. <laughs> oh, but, but it's like it's one of those things where it's like shows like that aren't supposed to work, and yet they do because they're just genius writing, which I think is awesome. And um, it's it's just so enjoyable because they do like little nuggets here and there where they bring back original cast members. Um, like at one episode, I don't want to spoil too much because you haven't seen it, but like yeah. one episode, they bring back like most of the Cobra Kai guys and have like oh, a reunion in an episode, nice. and uh, it's just off the wall ridiculous. So, great, great, great news all around. So, August 28th, next Friday, almost a week from today, you nice. can enjoy the Cobra Kai experience. So, Ben, let's get into YouTube. What do you got this YouTube week? YouTube, all right, actually, I got quite a bit on YouTube, so nice, buckle okay. up. it won't take right. me a lot, but I just want to get through a lot. So, um, like I said about disc golf, get on YouTube and watch some disc golf. So, uh, great entertainment, great sport. I, I love it so much. That's quick. Um, and then the two big ones I want to talk about. So, uh, Chris, are you familiar with a man a man named Richard Cheese? No, but I feel like I should. Okay. He, um, he is a lounge singer, and he does a lot of covers. You probably heard his version of get down with the sickness. Oh yes. Okay. Yes. Mm-hmm. I think they used it in Dawn of the dead, the remake and yep. stuff. Yep. Um, 
today when I was at work, you know, I put on music in the background. I was shocked and delighted to see he has a brand new album. First track is Number of the Beast by Iron Maiden, lounge (laughs) version. Chris, it is so amazing. I'm going to just got to look it up. It's so good. And there he covers Ariana Grande. He covers so much more. I don't want to spoil it. And I haven't got through the whole album because I just want to listen to it and not scan the tracks because the first three songs. um, All right. I got to spoil one more. Please. He covers Ice Cubes. It was a good day. (laughs) Lounge version. (laughs) And. It's, it's oh, so good. I'm just it's thinking so about the good. lyrics of that song and how it might work on a oh. lounge version. Oh my God. It's just as good as you're picturing it in your head. It's just great. So uh, that's my big recommendation. And then my, my next one, these are huge, Chris. I, you got to check these out. Um, David Blaine was on the Joe Rogan podcast. Mm. Uh, I think yesterday, I think they released it today. Uh, I listened to almost the whole podcast. There's clips on YouTube of Joe Rogan putting an ice pick through David Blaine's arm. Uh, David Blaine just talking craziness. And more importantly, and I'm going to be covering this story for the pod, uh, August 31st, which is a Monday, I believe during the day, I'm hoping during the day, David Blaine is going to perform his next stunt. Have you heard about this yet, Chris? No. What is okay. It? He is doing something called Ascension. That's what it's called. Where... <laughs> He is going to, without a parachute, without anything, with his arm, he's going to hold a giant bouquet of balloons and fly up, fly up past the clouds. Whoa. Yeah. I'm digging it. Yeah. Um, uh, Joe Rogan asked him a ton of questions like, so I guess there is a parachute in one of the balloons, but he has to pull it down, pop the balloon, take it out and put it on. Oh, there is crazy things. So like when you start getting up towards 5,000 feet, you start getting epoxy. I think that's what it's called when you start losing O2 Mm -hmm. and you can start getting, it starts getting very cold. And so the point of this is he's going to fly up above a cloud or as far as he can go and then start slowly popping the balloons or letting them go to start descending. And he wants to get upwards of 25,000 feet. Jesus. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I and, mean, and, I'll watch it. <laughs> <laughs> and wait till you hear like Rogan is asking these questions and it's just and he's like, Have you have you have you done like the stunt yet? Have you done it like up to two hundred feet? He's like, Well, we've done pieces of the stunt, but not the whole thing yet. So you'll see me live, see if it works. <laughs> That's what he oh said. My God. It the guy's a madman. Um, David Blaine's a great dive on YouTube. If you haven't seen the rest of his stuff, just awesome stuff, Chris. So those are my two big ones. So there you go. Okay. Well, good to know. Good to know. Uh, mine too, actually really quick and easy. Uh, there's a great, there's an Asian comedian out there, um, who does this character called uncle, uncle Roger. Have you seen this Ben? No. So he does, he's an Asian guy. I need to preface this by saying he's an Asian guy. And he's this character called Uncle Roger, uh, which is basically a guy who talks with an accent, who's offended easily, like very, very funny character. But anyway, there's a great video that's gone viral where he basically watches um, someone cook rice, uh, egg fried rice. Egg fried rice, I see it. The completely wrong way. And he flips out. Um, It is hilarious there's like a short version and a long version the long the, be- the best version is i think it's like almost eight minutes long yeah I, 11 I million views Holy 11 million snap. views can't recommend it enough it's awesome the way he, the things he critiques like the fact that he, she's not measuring uh <laughs> the water with her finger things like that freaking off the chain funny so i can hear it in the background you should definitely watch it You're gonna get a chance uh the second thing i want to real uh real quick ben have you seen these um these two uh, twin brothers uh, called the the twins new trend that's the name of their channel it's these twin brothers who are like you know teenagers they're african-american teenagers who basically post reactions of them watching like old school music no i haven't seen these guys but there was another couple dudes that i was watching they were watching bill burr videos 
Gotcha. So yeah. very similar to that. These guys sit down, they listen, they, they they take suggestions of like old school songs that they should listen to, and then they just they just film their reactions. And apparently they had never heard uh Phil Collins's uh I Can Feel It in the Air Tonight. Um so they're yeah. like, All right, well so let's sit down and watch this. And the reaction that they have when the drum beat kicks in halfway through the song is amazing. And it reminds basically <laughs> it's like what are you watching? Are you like what are you laughing at? No, you just. Re- oh, I can't okay. wait to see that. I can't wait to see it. It is, um, it is amazing. Like they, 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 the re- it's a visceral, um, natural reaction. It's definitely you, you can definitely see that it's not. It's not, not like playing it's it not, up. Yeah, right, right. Um, they're just like, oh my god, like, and and the guy, one of the kids says, like, I've never seen someone drop a beat halfway through the song, <laughs> and it's 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 every it's every reason why you listen to music. It's like, oh yes, that's why, that's me. Like when I first heard that song, when I was like, "Holy shit!" That drum beat when it kicked in. But they also do videos of them listening to like "Rage Against the Machine." They just awesome. put out one today where they listen to "Ice Ice Baby" for the first time, and they're digging it, which I think is hilarious. Um, so definitely watch these kids. So it's the twins. Well, make sure I get them. Right, hold up, no, you got it right. That was it. Twins, yep. the new trends. So definitely yep. give them a, a a look because they're they're just awesome. I want to hang out with these dudes. I want to I want to sit right behind them, reacting to the stuff. Um, I want them to sit with you and for you to take them down your playlists uh, and see <laughs> see their reactions to it as well. <laughs> so that's it for me. But Ben, any other parting things you want to say? Plugs real quick before we sign off. That's it. Let's just keep sports going, and if we can't, let's just shut them down. Okay. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Folks, you can listen to this podcast and all of our podcasts on the Onstage Blog Podcast Network, where we actually just premiered a brand new podcast called Definitive Cinema, where we basically talk about the definitive examples of genres, actors, directors. We actually have a brand new episode coming out in a couple weeks called Creepy Kids. So we try to figure out who is the definitive creepy kid in movies. Is it Linda Blair in The Exorcist? Is it Damien in The Omen? We cover them all. I think it's the kid from Children of the Corn who screams Outlander the entire time. Oh, that's just that me. kid. Yeah, that kid <laughs> that, is weird looking. That, freak, that freaking guy. So, <laughs> uh, How about uh, Macaulay Culkin in The Good Son? Ooh, I didn't even think mm. about that one. See, mm. this is why this is mm. why you folks need to listen to this podcast. It's that good. Mm-hmm. So uh, anyway, and like as always, you can listen to this podcast and all of our podcasts um, on the Onstage Pod Network in addition to Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Spotify. But Ben, thank you so much, man. This was a pleasure. Thank you, sir. Have a good week, and I'll see you next week, baby. Bye, folks. <laughs>